Is that all right if I just magnify God tonight? I just want to magnify God tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 110 and verse 1. And the word of the Lord says this, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And I would like to preach to you on this subject, The Lord is my Lord. The Lord is my Lord. Hallelujah. Can we just give him praise for that right now? Oh, how we love you, Jesus. Oh, how we praise you, Jesus. How we lift up your holy name. For there is none like unto the Lord our God. He alone is worthy of the praise. He alone is worthy of the praise. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We ask for your anointing, O God. We ask for the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this house. Move, I pray, upon us as we endeavor to know you as you would have us to know you. We worship you, O King, and magnify your name, the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. This particular psalm, Psalm 110, verse 1, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool, is one of the most quoted Old Testament passages in the New Testament. When you look at the New Testament, it is an interesting thing because the people that were reached and ministered to in the New Testament were people who had no background in the Abrahamic covenant, understanding what they were being grafted into. But when the apostles of the Lamb, the eyewitnesses of His Majesty, preached this word to those People that had never known God, had never had any kind of connection to anything of God. They were heathens. They would hearken back to that old covenant, that old testament. And they would bring them along through that schoolmaster that would lead people to Christ and explain to them what it was that they had experienced and what they could look forward to experience and so there are references scattered throughout the new testament writings that that hearken back to the old testament uh teachings and truths and so this particular passage is perhaps one of the most quoted if not the most quoted in the new testament jesus of course when he was under great interrogation by the Herodians and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In the 22nd chapter, according to the Gospel of Matthew, he, he brought this passage to bear when he asked these who interrogated him the question, 
what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, he is the son of David. But Jesus said, if he is the son of David, why then did David call him Lord? When in the spirit, that's a very important thing for Jesus to say. Because he was letting them know David wasn't just speaking out of his own intellect. It wasn't just something David had developed in his own thinking. But, but that he was in the spirit. He was moved by the Holy Ghost. When he said these words that we just read from Psalm 110 and 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. How then does he call him Lord if he is merely the son in the lineage of David? The writer of Hebrews said in his great writing, Hebrews chapter 10, he explained to us again in verse 13, verse 12, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, one sacrifice for sins forever, you see the delineation between him and the high priests of the Old Testament. The high priests of the Old Testament would make a sacrifice every year on the Day of Atonement. They would walk into that holiest of all places, having washed themselves thoroughly, having put upon themselves as clean a linen garment as they could possibly find, a linen mitre and a linen girdle, everything they could find to make them as pure as they could possibly be. And they would walk in trembling because they didn't know if they would come out of that holy place alive or not. But they would have to repeat it every year because the blood of bulls and the blood of goats that they would bring with them into that holiest of all places was not sufficient to remit and remove and redeem the sins of mankind. But Jesus Christ made a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek walks into that holiest of all places. Not the, not the old tabernacle in the wilderness, which was a figure of the true, but heaven itself. He walked in and he offered one sacrifice, hallelujah, for sin forever is set down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 13 says the same thing. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The great writing of the apostle Peter, the great preaching of the apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when he brought them to understand how in fact they could be saved. I want you to know God has a plan for salvation. He said, David, glory to God, is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then... 
That's when, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It was quoted all throughout the New Testament. They were continually reaching back to David who spoke in the spirit that the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. This was a lock. This was a steel trap. This was an absolute. This made it absolutely abundantly clear that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Now I want, to, I want to talk to you a little bit about what this means. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. But before I tell you what it does mean, I, I would like to tell you what it does not mean. I'll tell you what it does not mean. It does not mean that there is a second person or a second being or a second deity standing beside God on his right hand. That's what it does not mean. That's polytheism. And you can couch it in any terms you want to couch it in. And you can try to theologize it all you want and dress it up in pretty religious language. But it's polytheism and nothing less. We don't believe in more than one God. We have to, we have to plant our feet on the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Ah, I feel the Holy Ghost. Every verse of scripture, every passage of scripture, every writing of any prophet or apostle runs through the filter of hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It is the greatest commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and him only shalt thou serve. You shall love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Somebody better hear it. The Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. The prophet Isaiah wanted to make sure that we understand this. He wanted to make sure that we really truly understood that there is only one God. And that when we talk about the Lord saying unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand, that this is not talking about a second person standing beside the Lord God of heaven and earth. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 11 says, I, even I, am the Lord and beside me there is no savior i even i am the lord and beside me there is no savior now i want to stop for just a moment and i want to point out that there are times that god will will refer to himself twice he will refer to himself twice because he's god in heaven and he's god in earth and he'll refer to himself two times. He's not talking about a different God. He's not talking about a separate God. He's talking about himself, the one true and living God who has all power in heaven and in earth. Not just in heaven and not just in earth, but in heaven and in earth. And I want you to know that the God of heaven is doing a work on this earth. So notice what he says. He says, I, even I, I, 
even I, not a different God, I, even I. He said the same thing to Moses when he revealed his name to him. He said, I am that I am. Same God. Two references to the same God. I am that I am. I, even I. The Lord said unto my Lord. Two references to the same God. You even find it in the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. Two references to the same God. Also, the, the prophets wanted us to make sure that, 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 that we understood there's only one God. Because here's what's getting ready to happen. God is getting ready to come down into this earth as a man. And he's going to do something that, that will absolutely turn everything on its head. It's going to reverse the curse. It's going to redeem man from sin and sickness and sadness and sorrow. It's going to change everything. And they want us to understand there's only one God. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and I want you to teach it diligently to your children. I want you to talk about it when you sit down in your home, and I want you to talk about it when you go to bed at night. And when you wake up in the morning, I want you to wake up saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You know, I love it when the, I love the elders, the elders that praised God constantly. They would breathe praise unto God. They would, they would sigh praise unto God. They'd get in the car and just kind of, they'd get in the car and just say, oh, thank you, Jesus. And as I, as I continue this progression of life, I'm beginning to understand it was true rejoicing. You get out of the car and you just, oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's just let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It needs to be in your mouth when you wake up, Deuteronomy says. It needs to be in your mouth when you go to bed. It needs to be in your mouth when you sit at the dining room table. It needs to be in your mouth when you sit around the living room for a family devotion. It needs to be in your mouth when you pray, when you praise, when you worship in your casual conversation teach it diligently to thy children talk about it preach it I wonder if there's any one God believers here who know there's only one Lord <laughs> but the Lord the Lord of glory the God of heaven and earth, the Lord, was going to become my Lord. The Lord who created all things was going to become my Lord. He's more than just a God out there that I, I know about, that I've heard about. But he is going to come down into this human flesh. That's what it means for him to sit at the right hand of God. This is not a separate person, an additional deity. There is only one God. And beside him, there is none other. Notice what he said in Isaiah 44 and verse 6. He said, thus saith the Lord, the king of Israel. 
Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Again, a second reference to the same God. I am the first and I am the last. And beside me there is no God. Verse 8, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? You are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yes. There is no God. I know not any. Isaiah 45 and verse 5. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee though thou hast not known me. Verse 6. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Verse number 21. Tell ye and bring them near yea let them take counsel together who hath declared this from ancient time who had told it from that time have not I the Lord and there is no God else beside me a just God that's one reference and a savior that's a second reference to the same God there is none beside me There are two references because there's a twofold responsibility. He is God over all. He is God over all. Hallelujah. But he has a work to do in the earth. And the work that he has to do in the earth is a work that no man can do. Yet man is responsible to do it. Death came into the world by the sins of man. And yet man has no ability to get himself out of the mess that he created. Because man created the conundrum. Man is responsible to resolve the conundrum. But he looked for an intercessor. And he found no intercessor. There was none holy enough. There was none righteous enough. There was none innocent enough. There was none blameless enough they could cleanse themselves after the most stringent of ritualistic cleansings that the world has ever known but they couldn't make themselves clean enough to walk into that holiest of all places and give blood that was holy enough so because he could swear by no greater he swore by himself Because there was none innocent enough, he took upon the form of man. Because there was none holy enough, he became a holy man, an innocent man, a blameless man. You've got to understand something about this Lord. This Lord is so high and so holy, no man can see him and live. No human flesh can look upon his raw, unfiltered glory and survive. He's too holy. He's too holy. We cannot look upon him. Uh, Isaiah said that he saw the Lord, the Lord, high and lifted up. 
and his train filled the temple and the seraphims flew around in his presence they had six wings two they used to fly two they used to cover their feet and two they used to cover their face you want to know why they couldn't look upon him they covered their face because they could not look upon him he was too holy to look upon he was too perfect it would consume the seraphims like it would have consumed Moses when Moses said show me thy glory and the Lord said I I want nothing more than to show you my glory then show me thy glory I can't I can't let you see my raw unfiltered glory and you live so you have to come beside me there is a place beside me in the cleft of the rock Moses was hid in the cleft of the rock the hand of God went over his over him and as he was there in the cleft of the rock the Bible says that the glory of the Lord went before him and the glory of the Lord passed by and only when there was the there were the hinder parts left to be seen the hand of God was lifted and Moses saw the emanation of his glory he saw the hinder parts of his glory and that was almost too much he had to have a veil over his face because man cannot see the glory of God and live in fact the Bible says that the Lord cautioned Moses you tell Aaron when he comes in on that day of atonement make sure he understands don't just come running in there he might die the Shekinah is there. The glory of God. The mercy of the Lord is there. And Aaron better, better put upon himself the right garments. And he has to go through all sorts of rituals in order to be made even somewhat of a semblance of something that's, that's, that's barely possible to enter in to the glory of God. The glory of God was something, ladies and gentlemen. You got to know this about God. Two things. I'm going to tell you two things about God. Number one, he is one. And number two, he is invisible. And this separated him from the gods of the people. Because the gods of the people, they were, they were a multiplicity of gods. They were just hundreds and thousands and even millions of gods. Because they had to have a god for every facet of life. God is different than that. He doesn't need a water god, a sun god, a moon god. He doesn't need a grass god and a cow god. He doesn't need a delegation of gods, a, a pantheon of gods. He alone is the Lord. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein he is God all by himself he does not need another he didn't listen many people don't understand the love of God because they think he sent somebody else to do the dirty work and he didn't it was him it was him it was my father I'm going to tell you something when he comes back the second time it'll be the Lord himself descending from heaven with a shout and when he came the first time it was the Lord himself it was God the whole time it was God the whole time When Jesus would refer to the Father, it was the same principle of two references to the same God. 
The Father and the Son are simply two references to the same God. I, even I, Father and Son. I am that I am, Father and Son. The Lord our God, Father and Son. The Lord said unto my Lord, Father and Son. The Father beareth witness of me, and I bear witness of myself, Father and Son. Two references to one God. Don't try to satisfy the polytheism of ancient times by ascribing two persons to this one God or three persons to this one God. He's one, he's one, he's one. One God. And Jesus Christ is the express image of his person. Singular, not plural. The express image of his person. Hallelujah. No man can see him. He's too high. He's too holy. And so his glory would come down. Glory of God was just the visible, the, the thing you could see and not be consumed. Visible of an invisible God. The visible manifestation of an invisible God. And the glory would come down upon that Ark of the Covenant. And that glory would come down upon that, that tabernacle in the wilderness. By day it would be a cloud. And by night it would be a fire. He told the children of Israel when manna would appear the next morning miraculously. He said, tomorrow you'll wake up and you'll see the glory of the Lord. It was a visible manifestation of an invisible God. Don't you know that when the Red Sea parted, that was the glory of God. It was a visible manifestation of an invisible God. When the walls of Jericho fell down flat, it was a visible manifestation of an invisible God. When the lions' mouths were shut, it was a visible manifestation of an invisible God. When they were filling the mountainside with chariots of fire and angels, the angelic host, it was a, it was a visible manifestation of an invisible God. It was the glory of the Lord. That's what those seraphims were flying around saying. One said to another, holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. Yes, he put his glory all throughout the earth. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. Everywhere you look, everything he created is singing together. Resounding and redounding in exaltation of his name. He's worthy. He's holy. He's mighty. It's his glory. The trees lift their branches and the waves roar with praise hallelujah it's God who created them and they know it even the winds and the waves obey his voice ah, yes even you and I demonstrate his glory. Male and female, he created us in his image. Uniquely, male and female, give forth praise unto him. In the way they were created as male and female, unique and distinctive, they are a visible manifestation of the glory of an invisible God. Your marriage is a visible manifestation of an invisible God. 
hallelujah there is a glory of the celestial there is a glory of the terrestrial all of it has been touched with his finger all of it is his glory and yet and yet there were shepherds abiding in the field by night keeping watch over their flock 400 years had gone by since there was any record of anyone hearing the voice of God. And somehow, someway, the time had come and a great light lit up the sky. And it shone round about those shepherds while they were abiding in the field by night. And this light, the Bible says, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they looked all around them. They were afraid. They were afraid. But the Bible said the angel of the Lord appeared unto them. And this is what he said. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. For I bring you good tidings of great joy. I'm just going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you see some big shining 10-foot something or other, you're going to need good tidings. And you're going to need great joy. Otherwise, you're going to be afraid. Be not afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior, which is Messiah Jehovah. And when those shepherds heard and received a revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Mekadesh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Shema, Jehovah Shalom, that Jehovah had become our salvation. The Bible says that the heavenly host appeared before them. The heavenly host was always there. But they couldn't see the heavenly host because they didn't have a revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord. But when they received the revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord, the whole sky was lit up with the heavenly host. And they all said together, Glory to God in the highest. Yeah. yeah, there had been glory at the Ark of the Covenant. There had been glory at the Tabernacle of the Congregation. There had been glory at Solomon's Temple. There had been glory as a cloud by day there had been glory as fire by night there had been glory of celestial beings there had been glory of the terrestrial there had even been a glory of the fish and the glory of the fowls all which demonstrated the power of his creative abilities but this was a different kind of glory you've seen glory in everything you've looked at the whole earth is full of his glory the heavens declare the glory you've seen the glory of the celestial and the glory of the terrestrial but this is a glory to God in the highest it's the highest glory there is you've never seen a greater glory than what you're getting ready to see
the Lord who I cannot touch, who I can't even see, who I can't hear and live. The Lord who I don't know how to reach wrapped himself in flesh, stepped down into my world and the Lord became my Lord. Now we have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what a bad day feels like. He knows what heartbreak feels like. He's been wounded and bruised and falsely accused. He knows every tear you've shed. My Lord, the Lord became my Lord. He's at the right hand of God, not as a separate person. It's God. It's God. It's his own right hand at work in the earth. Hallelujah. This is why when they stoned Stephen, when they stoned Stephen, he was preaching Christ to them. He was declaring the glory of God. He was trying to make the connection. You talk about Abraham, but Abraham was talking about Christ. You talk about Moses, but Moses was talking about Christ. You talk about David, but David was talking about Christ. You talk about Solomon, but Solomon was talking about Christ. Finally, he said, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart. You're just like your fathers in times past. He said, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. They, they rushed him. They assailed him. And that man of God, Stephen, a man full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, full of faith, many wonders and miracles were done by his hand as they gnashed on him with their teeth. He looked up into the heavens and said, I see Jesus standing on the right hand of God. He is, ladies and gentlemen, he is not talking about a separate being. How do you know, Brother Joel? Because hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah, because it's two references to the same God. He saw Jesus. He saw God in flesh. He saw the mediator. He saw the blood of the everlasting covenant. He saw the redemptive work of the Messiah. He saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. In other words, the prophecy is in motion. He's at the right hand of God, subduing every enemy, every principality, every power, doubt, fear. He's overcoming all of his enemies. He's putting them all under his footstool. Every enemy, lust and cancer and diabetes and coronavirus, all of it's going under his feet. He's putting them under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? <laughs> oh, somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord right now. Somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord right now. (laughs) 
on, somebody magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. He's not just the Lord. He's the Lord our God. He's the Lord my Lord. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> Glory! work is his highest glory <laughs> just remain standing I'm done I'm done I, I don't know pastor what jaded Thomas I don't know what made him doubt like he did but he did and he infamously made the statement, I won't believe until I see, until I can put my hand in his wounds. Yeah. But when he saw, and when he was, was invited by Jesus himself, reach forth thy hand. I, I'm not just the Lord, Thomas, I'm your Lord. I'm in a body you can touch. Reach forth your hand and touch my wounds. I, I've got wounds like you have wounds, Thomas. Reach forth your hand and touch my wounds. Thomas fell down on his face. He said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, Thomas, you have seen and believed because you have seen. But blessed are those who have not seen but still believe. That's you. That's you and I. Those who were not eyewitnesses, Brother Elms, we didn't walk with him. We, didn't, we weren't there when Lazarus came forth. But I, but I, I feel his glory. I, he's my Lord and my God. I've heard his still, small voice. I have felt the peace that no tongue can tell. The joy that comes in the midst of sorrow and gives me strength. He's not just the Lord who created all things. He's my Lord who is the captain of my salvation. He's tasted death for me. I believe somebody here in this house wants to reach out to him and say, You are my Lord and you are my God. I want you to come right now in the name of Jesus. I want every Thomas who's been broken, who's been betrayed, who has a tendency to doubt. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, I need some believers right now. I want some believers to come right now. I need some believers who, who know he's not just a God that is, 
ethereal and above, but he's not just above all, but he's through all, and he's in you all. He's my Lord. Hallelujah. I want somebody to praise him like he's your Lord. I want somebody who needs forgiveness to come talk to your Lord. Jesus is in this room. 